Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, three, two, one. How about we can just watch basketball? How about we can just watch basketball? Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We've got all of your weekend action from the NBA right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Jared Weiss. I'm joined by the one and only Mo DeKeel. What's going on, Mo? Oh, not much. See, last week I had Chinese food before the Daily Ding, and that may not have been the best pregame meal. So uh, today we're trying out a stomach full of pizza, Jared. Okay, well, I had Chinese food before tonight's recording, so uh, something's never changed, but we got Jade Hoy behind the scenes pushing the ones and the twos. Before we get into the show, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented year or multiple years in sports. Subscribe now and save by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding, where you're going to receive an all access subscription and you get to give one away for free. It's a gift for you. It's a gift for someone you love, a gift for someone you hate, a gift for someone you don't even realize you love yet. All you got to do is go to theathletic.com slash daily ding, and you can receive your all access subscription and you give a subscription for $3.99 a month. So coming up on today's show, Heaton Celtics postponed. Zach Levine's 45 can't overcome the Clippers. And we've got lots and lots of COVID news to get into later. But first, could the Warriors win on a horrible Steph shooting night? The answer is yes. They win 106 to 105 over the Toronto Raptors. Mo, how do the Warriors win a basketball game when Steph Curry goes two for 16 from the field and one for 10 from three? You know how they do it? They get several other guys in double figures. Like this is this is the game plan teams are going to have. We're going to double team. We're going to triple team Curry and we're going to dare the other guys to beat us. And tonight, the other guys beat the Toronto Raptors. It's just that simple. You had Andrew Wiggins with 17 points. Uh, excuse me. Uh, Kelly Oubre with 12 points. One of six from three. Still shooting terribly. Hit a huge, <laughs> huge three down the stretch. For his, his only th- three-point make, it feels like, in forever in the corner. That was a big one uh, down the stretch of the game. You had guys like Damian Lee 
Eric Pascal putting up double digits. Like that was a that's the big thing there. That's the only way they could win a game when Steph Curry's off. Yeah, I mean, we saw Draymond just really running the offense nicely, pushing the ball in transition. He was one board and one dime shy of a triple-double, but it looked like he was really in control of things. But obviously, it's like as much as he can do to put pressure on the defense and throw the ball around, if it ends up with Andrew Wiggins taking a fadeaway 20-footer and missing it, it's not going to do very much for you. But you are right. I mean, everybody except for Michael Mulder, and Kevon Looney had at least seven points. I mean, the offense was very well distributed. James Wiseman had 10 points and seven rebounds in only 16 minutes. Uh, but he wasn't really in there at the end of the game. But I, I want to go to the end of the game because it was amazing to see that the game pretty much comes down to Damian Lee pulling up from deep over Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Fleet. Managed to draw a foul on Lowry hitting him in the arm as he was on his way up. He hit the free throws to give them that one-point lead that they needed. And then... Pascal Siakam goes isolation with some just hideous dribbling where his body and the ball just seemed like they were fighting each other. He goes into a spinning 20 footer that he misses. Pascal Siakam is the kind of guy you expect him to build up a head of steam and then fight his way into the paint. It's really disappointing to see him kind of settle for that shot there. Yeah, it was a tough deal there because he wasn't the first option on that play. They had ran a couple of things. He's kind of the safety valve with him way back there. But you would think as soon as he gets the ball back there with four seconds left, the goal has to be, I'm going to attack and I got to get to the rim. But we also have to give credit to Andrew Wiggins for playing amazing defense. Yes, I I can't believe I even said it. Andrew Wiggins played great defense on that possession and really sort of stumped Siakam, who it felt like was slowing up at the three-point line. And, you know, it's just you got to get a better shot if you see Siakam. But again, great credit to Wiggins' defense down the stretch there to be able to come up with that play. I, I can't believe you just said that. That must have we'll have to fact check that after the show's over because that seems too good to be true. Uh, but who who were the other standouts in this game for you? You know, I mean, you got to talk about Kyle Lowry's fourth quarter. I mean, he had 17 points, 16 of them in the fourth. <laughs> you know, he struggled all game and and got them going, got the excuse me, got the Raptors back into this game. And then, I mean, you you texted it to me. I mean, are we talking about Chris Boucher as a uh, defensive player of the year guy? Seven blocks I mean, tonight. Hey, if he I'm blocks sorry, everything blocks. at the rim, you can't not put him in the conversation. Rudy Gobert has got to watch out, man. He's got another. Another big man to, to to watch out for, another rim protector, because Boucher was unbelievable. It really did. Anytime something was anywhere near him, he was like, nope, I'm blocking this and I'm blocking that as well. Uh, he handed out more blocks than I do on Twitter. Uh, it was pretty impressive. <laughs> it, it, it was, yeah, sorry, that was just a bad joke. Um, overall, though, I, I think laughed. those were the guys that stood out. Yeah, I know you fake laughed. That's why I knew yeah. it was a bad joke. I'm here to support my man. You know, that's what I'm here for. Hey, but, yeah. you know, Doesn't B- work Boucher. I love watching Boucher play because he just plays with so much energy and it's beyond the fact that he's, I, I feel like he's not listed at 6'11", but he certainly looks like he's 6'11". He's so long, so bouncy, plays with a great motor. It's really just mostly about, is he going to be in control of his game? But the fact that he has that defensive capability and he's shooting the three ball pretty consistently at this point, he went two for three in this game. He's turning into a pretty viable Serge Ibaka replacement. Yeah, no, he he is for the time being. I mean, there's still a whole lot of other things you can get from Serge that you're not so much getting from Boucher yet, but give him time. I mean, he still shot the ball well, two or three from three. 
you know, you just you got to give it time. This is another one of the Raptors developing young guys type of situation where you're just like, damn, they found another one. They always do. Let's head over to Los Angeles where the Clippers squeaked one out over the Bulls 130 to 127. Kawhi with a clean 35 points, seven for nine shooting from deep. PG 28 points, five for eight from deep. He went seven for nine from the line. Lou Will, he had 21 points. He got to the line, hit eight for nine there. Uh, and I thought Luke Kennard, only five points, pretty surprising because he was a plus three in this game. And I thought he played very well uh, over on the other side for Chicago. It's all about Zach Levine, 45 points for him, 10 for 16 from deep, another double digit three point shooting game for him. But also Garrett Temple went seven for eight in this game for 18 points and Patrick Williams, six for nine with 17 points. But let's go start with Levine because he was obviously the guy that was just dazzling in this game, 45 points, seven assists and seven rebounds on top of that. Yeah, no, he was on fire. I mean, he had 16 points in the first half and I was like, oh, wow, we're, we're going to get like a 30 point. Zach Levine game. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to get a 30 point second half Zach Levine game. Like he, he went completely ballistic. And it's kind of tough for the Bulls. I mean, you, you this game and even the Laker game, you know, you, you play good enough to win those games and come away 0 and 2. That one hurts a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, this Chicago team, they're coming around. They have a good coach in Billy Donovan. Now Uh, they shot 47 for 77 from the field in this game at 61%. They had 30 assists. It does. You know, they've always been taught. Oh, I'm sorry. They shot 18 for 33 from three. It's 54 and a half percent. So the numbers are out of control here offensively. And, you know, the question for this team had always been like, do they have this offensive player is going to put them over the top. I feel like Levine's game has become well-rounded enough and he's showing a level of efficiency that I think we need to consider him as being uh, at least offensively capable of being the leader of a, you know, a quality caliber NBA team at the very least. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, cause he was also showing a lot of playmaking seven assists tonight earlier in this week against Sacramento. He had a good night of creating for everybody else. I think this is one of those things, and and it's interesting if you think about the way this season unfolded with a short training camp and preseason. If you looked at the first week of the season as preseason, this is now when the Bulls are beginning to look more comfortable in a new offensive system from Billy Donovan because they've been putting up big numbers offensively, you know, for about the past week and a half, and I think we're beginning to see them get more and more comfortable understanding where they fit in the offense, where to go. And they're doing all of this without Laurie Markkinen, which is a big thing where I think when they get him back, they'll be able to kind of take this thing up to another level. Yeah, that's been a big thing is that they've had Markkinen. He's been out. Chandler Hutchison, someone they wanted to have in the rotation more. He's been out. So they have a lot of guys that have been out because of COVID protocols. So they're going to be getting back even more depth. But hey, Pat Williams, the rookie who shocked everybody climbing all the way up to the fourth in the draft, He's been playing pretty solid. And Thad Young, he's still playing well. He had 14 points on six or seven shooting. But what I like is that when you watch them play, there's a lot more balance to their offense. You know, Kobe White, he can drive and kick, which sets up another drive and kick on the other side. So eventually they're able to have a shooter rotate over towards the middle and be wide open. This team seems to have more balance across the floor and just more purpose offensively. So even if their defense is still a major work in progress, I, I feel like at least I'm watching a competent an offense out there yeah and I think that's just the way it goes you know we're seeing a what happens when you actually have a coach on the sidelines 
Yeah. Well, let's see what happens when you have a superstar on the court. And that's what we got out of the Clippers in this game. So Kawhi Leonard, I mean, there's not much to explain about where he is. He's, he's the, you know, he's going to be able to give you 35 points on pretty much any given night. Uh, but what I really enjoyed here was seeing that Nick Batum had another one of those really strong understated performances where he's hitting the three ball. He, the only shots he took was he went two for three from the field, two for three from three and two, th- two for three from the line had two rebounds and three assists that got, it's like what, looking at a palindrome here, basically on his box score. Uh, but he had four steals He's moving the ball pretty well. He's turning into a pretty seamless fit to the point that Marcus Morris has been happy to just come off the bench. Marcus Morris got paid already. So what does he have to prove at this point? But it's really, I thought this game was a great example of how well Nick Batum is fitting into this new unit. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Yeah, no, Batum has done a phenomenal job. You know, just kind of finding the right opportunities. He adds a good element of passing and scoring and shooting into the starting lineup. And this allows them to kind of bring in Morris off the bench, gives them another punch that I think they wouldn't have if it was switched the other way around. And I think that's a big thing for the Clippers going forward and to keep an eye on. But I also think, Jared, you're burying the lead. You know, Paul George had a hell of a game and you're kind of forgetting about it. That's where I was about to go. Yeah. Nine rebounds and seven. You want Batum before you want Paul George? Is that how far Paul George has fallen? I'd be, hey, I, I want to see a little bit more Paul George before he gets top billing here, but I'm just excited. I'm surprised, for I, I'm surprised we didn't spend more time talking Luke Kennard or why didn't Reggie Jackson's play before we, before we got the Paul George. Come on, man. I mean, Paul George has been great this year, right? It's been great to see him really bounce back. Maybe it's the braids. He's got the best braids in the game right now, Uh, but he just looks so much more comfortable shooting the ball than he did earlier this year. Yeah, no. And I think a lot of the, listen, aside from all the, the, the dumb quotes he makes on the court, he's been bringing it and he's been bringing it defensively as well as offensively. I think this is one of those guys, I think, you know, the bubble just was really terrible for him. It wasn't, he wasn't able to kind of handle all the rigors that go into being essentially isolated from the world as long as it was going to take. And I think just seeing a more freer and relaxed Paul George has made ultimately a big difference. Plus he's healthy to start the season, which is something he wasn't last year and kept getting dinged up every time it looked like we were finally going to start seeing the proper Paul George. So you know, it's it's good to see him rolling and things like that. But the other thing for the Clippers as a whole, this is a Bulls team that should not play them close like that. This is a team they should be able to beat by 10, 15 points each night. And and when you look at the stuff where they struggled against the, the Warriors who came back against them and, and they were up by 20, they blew that lead and the Warriors were able to go on a run and beat them by 10, making it an essentially a 30-point swing. Like those are the small worrying things I have about the Clippers. But in general, I think they're 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 heading in the right direction. But they got to play. A little, I got to see a little bit more uh, oomph from them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Clippers are clearly 
a little bit more stabilized than before. And we went from playoff P to pandemic P to now proper P as Moda Kiel coined them clearly. Uh, but it's not perfect. But hey, you know what? <laughs> There's no team in the NBA right now that's looking anywhere close to perfect. So it definitely seems like if anyone's going to put it together, they certainly will. So a couple of notes on this game. Uh, Kobe White. Nine points, eight rebounds, 13 assists in this game, close to a triple-double there. And Kawhi Leonard with his 10,000th career point, which kind of seems low, honestly, now that I say that out loud. I feel like he probably had more than that, but uh, we know he'll have a lot more than that by the time it's all said and done. Clickety-clack, let's get to the news here. Bogdan Bogdanovich has a fractured knee, an avulsion fracture in his right knee, along with soft tissue inflammation and a bone bruise, according to the Atlanta Hawks. They're still formulating a plan for his treatment, so he's out indefinitely. Uh, You'd imagine it's going to be months, obviously, with something like that. This comes as Danilo Gallinari, their other big veteran wing signing that they had this offseason, has been dealing with an ankle sprain. So Atlanta, they're in a tricky situation. They're 4-1 and to start the year, and now they've lost four straight. Uh, That is not what they were hoping for. So hopefully they'll get some health and turn things around soon. Speaking of bad injuries, Thomas Bryant, who is having a breakout year early on, starting at the five spot for the Wizards, he has torn his left ACL. That'll do it for the season for him. At the 23-year-old, he was averaging 14 points a game, and he was shooting over 40% from three. And his defense wasn't horrendous. wasn't good, but it wasn't horrendous. But uh, he's only 23 years old. He's still got another year left on this deal after this one before he hits free agency. So hopefully he'll have a chance to show that he really is a major offensive threat in the future uh covid protocols are gone wild before we get to the big story of the weekend we'll go to Jonas Valanciunas who was pulled off the bench on Friday during the first half because they realized that contact tracing identified him as a high risk but he was cleared to return to play over the weekend after getting testing it was a false alarm as he put it on social so he'll be eligible to play against Cleveland on Monday evening uh, but the big ones were Guys that were hit with the 10 to 14 day quarantine, which indicates that they had a positive test. Dallas's Maxi Kleba and Jason Tatum from the Celtics. That coalesced into the Celtics entering Sunday's game with only eight active players. And it looked like they were just going to barely be able to pull the game off. But then the Heat, in addition to Avery Bradley, had other players identified on Sunday as being part of contact tracing protocols, which required them to dip below that minimum of eight players. So they ended up suspending the game. This is the second game that we had postponed due to covid and that game will be rescheduled for during the second half of the year, starting later in March, when they'll announce that schedule with uh, whatever other postponements will be included in that. But Mo, you know, the topic of whether the uh, the league needs to be looking at shutting things down temporarily, that started propping up. The league made a statement saying that at this moment, that is not something they're planning, but it, there's a few different hotspots around the league and things are starting to look tricky, like we could see some more spread going on here. Yeah, I mean, obviously not an ideal situation in any sense. This is difficult, but this is also what comes with trying to do an NBA season without the bubble. I think everybody understood that this wasn't just a risk, but was probably going to happen at some point, right? Like there was going to be a breakout. There was no way you can just protect everybody. You you, you can't just put them in a, a bubble wrap, you know, and, and, and unwrap them for the games and then put them back in bubble wrap afterwards. Uh should the league shut down or, or, or pause for a few weeks? I mean, 
I think so, but it's not. Obviously, I don't have all the information the league's operating with and and everything they're they're going through. And you know, when it comes to this, I I do trust that the NBA more than any other league has their their players' best interest at heart. But uh, it is getting tough, Jared. Yeah, I mean, we're probably not at that inflection point where they have to make such a drastic move. But I think we learned over the course of this weekend just how quickly it could change. And, you know, you could enter the week with just one game getting postponed. And then before you realize it, half the games are getting postponed. So we'll, we'll have to keep a close eye on it. And the Daily Ding will keep you updated. And of course, you, you can go to The Athletic where you'll have plenty of coverage that you can read there in the written form and in the podcast form, as always. And that's going to have to do it for today's show because we got to get out of here. So don't forget about the other basketball shows that we have across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show. We've got No Dunks. We've got House of Strauss. And there's over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. And don't forget to follow on the app because you can get notifications for new episodes and you can utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. You get that subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding. Thank you, as always, for waking up with us, Mo, and dingling this thing. Ding, ding.